Well, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada, and I'm one half of Octal FM. And I'm Sefran. Uh, I'm the other half of Octal FM. And this is going to be a podcast really about anything and everything that interests the two of us, um, whether that's like video games or technology or what else. I mean, those are the two main things that seem to be a common theme. And let's face it, the podcast is probably going to bring up new and interesting things to discuss over the time. Yeah, very true. Very true. And I guess it's it's interesting because the two of us used to run a podcast. Um, like it was over ten years ago, wasn't it? My, ma- yeah, my it was. We, right. we started it when we were sixteen, and I'm Jesus. I'm twenty eight next week. Yeah, and I'm twenty seven. Uh, so yeah, you, you know, that gives it some perspective. I'm perspective. so old. <laughs> Yeah, but we're growing up with our demographics. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's totally right. Um, but yeah, we figured that like 10 years is probably long enough to to return to podcasting. You know, I think we've given it enough time to mature without us. Mature and also broaden the horizons some more, should we say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, no longer are we sat in your parents' shed. No, it was my shed. I, I had it an was en- your shed. I had an entire shed to myself. Oh, Production values have gone sit down since then. Yeah, they? it's got worse now. You know, now now it's like Skype. You know, it's... Skype out microphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the plan for for Octal FM is to kind of keep episodes short and digestible. Well, the idea is that we're going to make it so that you quickly listen to something you're interested in. We're going to tag all the things that we're going to be talking about. So if something yeah. doesn't interest you, maybe not give it a listen. If you sound really good, give it a like. Give it a listen. Uh, and then give some feedback on what you like us to talk about, not what to talk about. Yeah, know, definitely. At the end we, of the day, we only know what you tell us. So, you know. So please tell us. Please, yeah, please definitely get in touch if you like this. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't know yet. Listen to the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like, as it's the first episode, if the audio is a bit bad or, you know, if if we stutter a lot, which we probably will, then, you know, and if we make no sense whatsoever, then just excuse us. We'll get We'll get better. um but yeah so so seth what are we talking about this time so we wanted to start out with something that may be kind of interesting because we've just been doing it or i've been doing i should say but also something that avoids the topical nature of the uh subject and that's to discuss the game no man's sky and i'm i'm really interested because you've played no man's sky and i followed it a lot but i didn't pick it up and I haven't played it, and I've just kind of followed it after launch. But I'm really interested to hear, like, what you what you have to think. And I think it's even to the point, like, even now, even with reviews and everything, I'm still interested to know what you think No Man's Sky actually is. You know, we both played Freelancer back in the day, which is an awesome game. Um, you know, and we both played things like Eve and Elite Dangerous and stuff like that. So where does where does No Man's Sky fit in? It's a space game, obviously, but like, what what kind of a space game? Unfortunately. I would say, despite the hype and despite what I wanted the game to be, which is many things, and we can discuss that, mm. it isn't any of those things. And that's a shame because I love those games you just described. Freelancer was one of the games I enjoyed most. Uh, and I'm absolutely more than looking forward to Star Citizen. We can talk about that in another episode. Yeah, sure. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and the game I would liken it to the most, I, I know the comparisons have been drawn a few times already between other people online, is something like Sport. Um, Ah, interesting. Partially down to its um, kind of procedural generation of content, which Explore did. Well, procedural to the extent that it has a huge database to draw from and it misses matches things together. Mm. Uh, other games I could liken it to is something maybe like uh, Journey, 
like the, the PlayStation exclusive game Journey. Yeah, I have played it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Journey. I really enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe Flower. Uh, games like mm. that, where it's more about the experience of the of what you're seeing rather than an objective. Would you say it's kind of arty? Like, is No Man's Sky quite an arty game? I mean, yeah, you can definitely say it is after playing it. I think upon release, you wouldn't be forgiven to say that it wasn't it was going to be a kind of a, a typical space exploration game with combat elements and upgrades and all those sort of things. But when the game came out, the art style alone didn't just make it arty because it is quite a kind of a weird way of looking. It's a very beautiful game, mm. um, but it, it's very symbolic in a lot of things you do. Like there's, a, there's quite a lot of like religious and philosophical undertones, which I'm not going to butcher and pretend like I understand entirely. <laughs> no one uh, probably understands. They probably don't really understand. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can definitely tell they've tried quite hard on that, but that's an area which we're going to discuss in one of the topics. Mm. So it's none of those other space games. Um, it's a sort of arty game. It's kind of similar to things like Journey. Um, so what what makes up No Man's Sky? Like what do you what do you do? What do you do in No Man's Sky? What are the things that the that are in it? I mean, the, the strap line for No Man's Sky is that's kind of it's it's in its name that you can do what you want to do. No one controls the sky, sort of thing. Mm. Um, but the problem with that is that that really wasn't how people expected it to be. So when it came out, people were looking for an objective even though there wasn't one to be had to begin with. And I think if they'd have gone through with telling you up front, look, this is just an experience game, maybe people have got in a bit sooner. Maybe mm. we've re- accepted it a bit better. I don't yeah. know. It does a lot of really interesting things. Interesting doesn't equal good. Um, <laughs> just interesting. I'm going to get that out there now. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be frank. I did like the game, mm. um, despite many of its faults. Uh, and I, I will still give the game quite a lot of credit. I think the thing that makes it very difficult to defend, especially in kind of like a, a discussion between friends or was it a good game or anything, is primarily its price mark. Uh, I feel it was marketed too mm. expensive. I paid full price for it when it came out in the UK, which was £45. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's gone down in price on things like Steam now. No, not, not yet. No, it hasn't. It, no, it's still full price. I've okay. been tracking the price and it has not gone down in price. It, it just It's not a £45 game. No. If you take the price away, do you think that that changes your perception of the game? 100%. Yeah. If, if I was told what this game was from the get-go, what it really is, and I was then told that it would cost me, say, £10-£15 to play it, I'd, I'd have bought it immediately, as is, with exactly all the features as they currently stand. And I think I would have enjoyed it and gone, that was worth my money. Good. Mm. But that price, I'm not saying it has to be the long game. I don't mind paying, say, £45 for a game that lasts me, say, 10 to 20 hours if it's a really good game. Mm. But equally so, I expect more of a completed game um, for that kind of money. I expect mm. a bit more substance to the game, which I don't think you had. Mm. So what would you say are your favorite features of the game? Like, is it the exploration? Like, what, what is it like when you're... I know that you get to, like, upgrade your ship and stuff like that. The, the, the initial sense, the first five to ten hours of sense of exploration, is probably the best thing about the game. Mm. I, If you've not played it yet and, you, and you're considering it, or maybe you're listening to this to give you an idea of whether you want to try it, first of all, pick it up at a cheaper price, buy it secondhand, borrow friends, whatever. Um, but don't Google anything. Don't go online. Don't spoil anything for yourself. Work it out yourself. That is far more interesting. 
it's a bit like the other the old kind of like uh, farm games you know like stardew valley and harvest moon mm. or even something maybe like even minecraft before that game blew up don't google things because the sense of exploration and unfolding as you play the game is actually one of the best features about it okay um the game opens you're just on a planet your ship's damaged it tells you to go it gives you some kind of hints on how what the controls are how to play the game in terms of you know press this button to do this thing etc but it doesn't specifically tell you what to do uh it didn't even tell you at the beginning that you had to um like refuel your your suits oxygen levels and it's like protection levels against like i don't know the cold or the heat or radiation or whatever and you just saw a little bar and it's trickling down and it's going and there's occasionally there's like a warning going warning your life signs are getting low or something and it's up to you to try and figure out what to do about that mm. and i like that because that gives you a sense of achievement when you work it out because you are saving your character without the game going press this button to save yourself yeah. because that doesn't feel as interesting so what do you think makes No Man's Sky interesting? Mm, I, it has a lot of interesting features, and some of them I think are fantastic. Some of them are just a half-baked, and some of them I think they need to do without entirely. Mm. Um, so, for example, one of the uh, features that I like is a strong word for it, but I think is interesting and is actually kind of useful for the game is the inventory system. Now, its inventory system is kind of weird. You only have a very limited amount of space, and your inventory like amount, like the amount of things you can hold, is actually one of the main upgrades in the game. Mm-hmm. Like you'll always be hunting down for suit upgrades so you can hold what, at one more slot in your in your uh, in your suit or your ship because you've got two different uh, kind of like storage locations in your suit and in your ship. Um, and it kind of reminds me of an old Resident Evil game, uh, or like the old kind of Diablo style games where you've got to kind of make things fit. Oh, so that general sort of Tetris style um, inventory yeah, management. Yeah. For the most part, everything is single block. Like nothing takes up more than one kind of block of your inventory. Mm. But sometimes certain items are locked into locations. Like you can't change where your like hyperdrive module is going to be or your life support module is going to be. So you have to kind of put things around it. And that's made actually extra difficult by the fact that your suit upgrades and your ship upgrades take up the exact same slots as the stuff that you want to carry, like, say, carbon or uh, iron or something like that that you need, the resources you need in the game. So it becomes a balancing act between, well, do I want to you know, hoard all these useful you know, resources that I've found, or do I want to sacrifice those slots for more upgrades on my ship? Hmm. Uh, so it gives it a sense of... It, it, it teaches you to prioritize what you want, and it teaches you not to hold on to things, because... In most games, you know, you have an unlimited inventory. You just go, well, I'll hold everything done. Yeah, yeah. But this game kind of forces you to make those decisions. And I think that's a good thing. It's clunky. Um, you can't move stuff around very easily. You can sort of micromanage your inventory, but it's not very good. Um, you can send stuff back to your ship from your suit, but not vice versa, uh, unless you're right next to your ship. Um, if you upgrade your ship to a new one, you've got to manually transfer all the items between them. And sometimes you've not got enough slots in your own inventory to, have to do it all in one go, which means that you're going to lose some stuff. It, it's kind of awkward. It's very clunky. But I almost feel like I want to think, at least I want to believe it, it was an intentional design choice. I feel like something as critical as the inventory is, is you probably would. I, th- I think I think they probably did that on purpose, right? It's like it's part of the 
the sort of exploration aspects of the game. I would hope so. Yeah. If, if, it, if it wasn't intentional, if it's just a bad inventory system, then they need to go back to <laughs> game design school. Oh dear. But it feels quite clunky, but with intention. Mm. And I think that's actually a good feature for this game particularly. Um, maybe add a little bit more UI help, but I think it's a good, it's an interesting, unique way of presenting the game. Mm. Um, what about the, the like language learning stuff in it? So you can, you can like, you learn languages of the, of the different alien species, right? Like you by, uh, talking to them or using stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about it. Well, the language thing that like you just mentioned, yeah. It's so rewarding, and I think this is an absolutely fantastic idea that I don't think many other games have really explored before, but they don't give you enough payoff for it, and that's Mm. what's super frustrating about it. It's one of my favorite features. What do you think they need to do to to increase the payoff, like, of learning words from alien species and stuff? Well, in the game, you start out without being able to speak any of the languages at all, except your own, and no one speaks your language. (laughs) So, useful. Mm -hmm. Um... And there's three, I want to say, if I remember rightly, three main alien races. They all have their own individual languages. And when you talk to them, it comes up in fairly gobbledygook. It's all in kind of like Roman characters. So, you know, in the alphabet that you understand, but it's all like words that make no sense. Yeah. And as you learn words, which you only learn one word at a time, you'll slowly be able to understand what they're trying to say to you. And you can collect these words by either completing certain quests um, for very simple quests, mind you quests for these entities or you can find the knowledge stones that are dotted about every planet and each knowledge stone will give you a particular word in a particular language and the more you find the more refined your language becomes and that's really interesting and it also gives you almost like a puzzle because sometimes you'll only have like a couple of words of a whole sentence but with those couple of words you need to try and give it figure out what that character is asking of you or telling you and give the right response and that way you might get an extra reward so it's kind of a puzzle. It's kind of it's, there's there's quite a heavy puzzle aspect to that mechanic. A heavy puzzle element where it's going to come in. It's mm. a puzzle element. It is not heavy. Oh, okay. <laughs> more, more often than not, unfortunately, even if you don't understand a single word, you're usually presented with anywhere from two to four choices to make, all of which are in English anyway. What the choices can be, so you can understand what the choices are. And sometimes it's just a guessing game, even if you do know the language. And sometimes it's a very obvious decision of what you need to make. Mm. Um, and as a result of it, although the idea of learning the language as you go is a really cool idea, and I like that idea a lot, it feels like there's just not much point to it, really, when you can just guess anyway. And even if you don't get the rewards, the rewards are fairly minor, mm. uh, sometimes sometimes literally pointless, actually, depending on how like what upgrades you've already gotten and what resources you've got. Right, like if it's if they reward you with something you've already got or something that's exactly. worse than what you've got, right? Like it's, exactly. it doesn't really... Um... I, I guess it, it doesn't really sort of super level in the same way that something like Diablo 3 or whatever does where like, you know, you're always getting things that are better than what you've got. Exactly. Um, mm. The game does try and make sure that the upgrades it offers you are always one or two above what you've got. But sometimes those upgrades just are not worth your time. Mm. And the reason for that is upgrades. I've written ship upgrades down on my notes here, mm. but it also really applies to both that and your omni tool upgrades, which is like your your main gun essentially. Okay. Which is both your combat element and your mining element of the game. Um which is when you upgrade your weapon or your ship, then you get a permanent kind of like a piece of equipment in your ship installed and it costs resources to build. That's really cool. You've got to hunt down the resources to build it. You don't just buy the upgrade. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but they are not transferable between upgraded versions of the ship or the gun. So if I want to upgrade my gun to something that has more slots in it so that I can maybe, you know, give myself that extra damage boost I want or the cooldown on my mining laser, I've got to rebuild everything from scratch. Now, oh, okay. that's all that is, in my opinion, is busy work. It doesn't reward you wanting to upgrade your gun. After the first few upgrades, once you actually get like more than one free slot, it's basically pointless to keep upgrading, which is kind of silly in a game, which is all designed about kind of progressing your character and growing and becoming yeah. strong. Because the amount of effort it takes to get some of the kind of mid to like high end upgrades for each gun or each ship uh, kind of system isn't worth your time. It can take you up to like an hour of, of playtime just to mine those resources back because mm. some of them are fairly rare to find. Um, or some of them can only be found on certain planets and you don't know what planets are going to be on the galaxy, that you've just, sorry, the system that you've just walked into. Mm. So it, it's a huge guessing game and it's just busy work and it really isn't worth time. So it sounds like it's quite gated in the sense that you move from one system to another. It feels like they could have added a reasonable sort of leveling system to that to ensure that you're always everything is becoming more of a challenge it's always a fine art i know like diablo 3, I, i'm drawing back to diablo 3 again but it just weirdly reminds me because that sort of early diablo 3 before they patched it quite heavily before they did sort of the loot patches was very unrewarding once you reached a certain point because it wasn't effectively leveled and you could you could grind for ages and ages and you would never get a new item um, or something that was better. And then eventually they kind of patched that away and they made it so that you, if you played for an hour, you would always get something better. And then the game just got harder alongside that. So you just, you felt like you were progressing, but also things got bigger and meaner. So it sort of balanced out. There's definitely an element of that the, the, before the patch you just described mm. uh, in that what you start with the game is kind of what you'll always have. Um, the only kind of like progression I find is that as you go deeper into the, galac the galaxy towards the galactic core, um, you'll find planets with slightly more hostile environments okay. or creatures that may be slightly more aggressive or like the peacekeeping quote unquote robots you see floating around might be a little bit like quicker to anger if you do something. Okay. But it's mostly just a distraction anyway. They're not mm. difficult. You can just run away from them. Uh, you don't have to engage anything at all. Like all completely sideshow things. Nothing forces you to interact with anything. Um, so it really does feel like once you've hit a plateau of your upgrades to allow you to mine quicker and uh, use your hyperdrive as effectively as possible, that's pretty much the most important thing if you just want to carry on with the quote-unquote story. <laughs> mm. um, you're done. I, I got to a point, uh, I haven't played the game for a little while now, but I got to the point where my ship was efficient enough that i could just jump like five systems in a row on one piece of fuel go down to a planet mine for maybe 10 minutes if not probably less go back in space go to the next one and repeat rinse and repeat yeah uh, there was no sense of accomplishment for doing that mm. uh, it just felt like a means to an end and the end really wasn't worth the means so what was the like when you what you mentioned like you're you know you're going from planet to planet you're mining for a little bit what what's the kind of variety of the things that you see though isn't there like interesting stuff to see on the planets or are they all are they all too samey that you don't want to like explore them or is it just that you just kind of want to progress and it, and exploring isn't really progression or first couple of planets you find you do generally find that the environments are different the the temperature will be different or the landscape will be different or the fauna and for, uh, the flora and fauna will be different 
But once you've seen a couple of them, you've seen them all. It reminds me, this is where I draw back to the comparison of Spore earlier in the beginning of the yes. episode, in that after so so long, there's only so many types of trees you can see before they just start looking like all trees. Or just, so many it's types a of random-looking dinosaur-type things, you know. Nothing's actually unique. It's all just kind of mismatched together yeah. uh, from, like, a massive database. And the idea of it being very clever, that it could be created all via, like, a math formula, which mm. is the, kind of one of the big kind of selling points of the tech behind the game, is impressive, it doesn't make for a good game. No. And it, and it never will. Like, you're never going to be able to just throw numbers at something to make it more interesting. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because Spore had the same, exactly the same kind of idea. Like, okay, they didn't have the same galaxy size, but in terms of procedural generation and, oh, you'll see, you know, different things all over the place. And it's, and actually, in some ways, not only is was that not was that also a little bit disappointing but also that the art style is surprise I, I think it's kind of surprisingly similar in some ways yeah. it's quite a colorful art style yeah and the marketing behind it was equally as hyped yeah um you know i think there's quite a lot of comparisons you can draw between the two games yeah that's interesting uh, i mean spore's really old isn't it like how long how long ago did spore come out probably like between eight to ten years ago yeah now, it's quite a while ago um, I, I remember actually playing it when we did the old podcast. Yeah, we probably we must have talked about it or reviewed it. I guess yeah, we probably did. We probably yeah. did. <laughs> uh, one of the problems I have is um, with the procedurally well, quote unquote procedural generation of the games, kind of like animals and everything, is that you can catalog and scan everything in the game, completely everything. So the planets themselves, the rocks, the, the plants, the animals. You name it, you can scan it and add it to your kind of catalog. And by doing so, you get given money by the Galactic Library, which is useful because you do need money for certain things to be able to buy suit upgrades. The problem is, though, is that at first it seems like a good idea, and you can even rename things. You can name things after yourself, and it will always say, oh, no, you know, Sephirin discovered this on this day. You think, oh, that's really cool. But it only matters to you because the game isn't multiplayer, which is something that I wasn't aware of when the game first came out. Um, and really, once you've named 10 types of trees that all look the same, do you really want to bother starting naming another million of them? Yeah, you're going to run out of ideas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think that was uh, a bit of a mistake on their part to encourage the idea of cataloging and scanning because they kind of just drew attention to the fact that things become very samey after a while. Mm. So it sounds like this is very much a... Not... Proof of concept is too, is too like, um, like it's deeper than a proof of concept. There's more to No Man's Sky than just a proof of concept of like procedural world generation because that would be very very sparse. But it feels like it's not that far off that it's like proof of concept of procedural generation and exploration with a thin veneer, which is my favorite saying, a thin it veneer works. of um, game mechanic on top. I think that's an absolutely perfect uh, description of the game. To me, it smells of a developer who was very ambitious, that had a great idea, that could develop this interesting technology, which it is. You can't take that away from uh, the, the guys that made it, uh, Hello Games. Mm. But with a publisher that was being very pushy about release times, about aspects of the game they wanted to, to there to be, Mm. and for them to say you must do it like this kind of game and it has to have something like this kind of game 
And I think had the developers been allowed to do what they'd originally wanted more freely, then I think it could have been a different, if not quite similar game, but with a bit more refinement in certain areas and a lot more tame expectations of what it would yeah. be. Yeah, because ultimately it's an indie game, right? Like it's made by a team of, what, 20 people? Um, I think if that, if yeah. that, yeah. It's not a triple A title with millions of pounds of budget. So you're never going to be able to build even, I mean, from a technical point of view, the the cynical software engineer in me says that the things that people thought may be in No Man's Sky were never going to be possible. Some of the sort of things that people thought it would be able to do, okay, they were they were told that maybe it'll be in there, but it's like just from a from my vague knowledge of computer power, you know, it's, it's like that's not possible. You're never going to get what they promised, really. You're right, hundred um, percent. And I feel that that isn't necessarily completely the fault of the developers. Developers mm. are at some point at fault for that, but let, we won't get into the controversy. No, no, no. Um, but I think you're right. I think people were expecting a game a bit like Elite Dangerous or Eve or Star Citizen, but with this kind of weird, wacky procedural generation with this weird kind of quite cool looking art style from a team of 15 to 20 people. Yeah. Well, I mean, not going to happen. These no. big games have literally hundreds of people working on them for years and have like a lot of budget. Yeah, I mean, even Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen are way bigger. Like the teams are way bigger than, um, and, and the budget is much, much higher than, than No Man's Sky, you know, order of magnitude higher. I feel kind of in conclusion that the game has so many interesting, unique elements that it is worth playing just to experience those mm. elements. However, don't go in expecting a full game. Don't pay full price for it. And just take everything with a clinical eye going, that's interesting. I see what they were going with there. Yeah. Well, that's good because that exactly qualifies what I what I thought because I'm just patiently waiting because I definitely want to play it because I just want to experience it and see what it's like. But I am definitely going to wait for it to come down in price. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't. One of the dis- kind of mm. disappointing, and I imagine for the developers quite depressing facts, is that as of like... Uh, last week at the time of recording there were less than a thousand active players on the pc version mm. that's interesting um, it is still in the top 20 i think of the of the like retail charts the boxed charts and um, that surprises me although maybe the people buying boxed versions of the game are maybe slightly less informed mm. about the controversy and the issues surrounding it i think there's probably uh, a longer tail of people that are just picking it up picking it up a bit later probably maybe not even maybe they won't even be as disappointed because they may also be the people that haven't been super hyped and so they just sort of pick it up a bit later on yeah i'd say that's true Mm. so you would recommend playing it but not yet (laughs) no i'd recommend playing if you can pick up a second-hand copy like Mm. i played through the playstation 4 version to be honest not like pc version Oh, okay um of which the differences aren't terribly huge i imagine the frame rate suffers occasionally on the playstation 4 version but mm. not to the point where it's unplayable or really un- un- unenjoyable. I think the controls mechanisms are not any different between the two games, really. You don't you don't benefit from having a mouse and keyboard necessarily, nor do you benefit from having the controller. Mm. Um, if you can pick up like a secondhand copy from like you know, a secondhand games retailer for maybe like twenty pounds or however many dollars that is or whatever, then that's definitely worth it. Um, because at full price it isn't really worth it at all. Okay, cool. So that just about wraps up um, our discussion of No Man's Sky and thus wraps up the this uh, very first episode of Octal FM. If you uh, have any 
thoughts yourself about No Man's Sky um, and the things that we've discussed, then do let us know. Um, or just in general, any feedback about the show, about uh, things you would be interested to hear us talking about or comments on the audio quality, which I'm going to keep going on about. <laughs> He's very obsessed with audio quality. <laughs> just tell him it's wonderful and he'll stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, please tell me it's wonderful. So if you do have any feedback, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at OctalFM. You can email us, show at octal.fm. And also you can visit our website to find any other episodes if you're listening to this and we've released other episodes. And that's at octal.fm. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Gelada, but I don't think you can follow Seth on Twitter. <laughs> I'm too cool for Twitter. Yeah. I have the time for stuff. Very important person. Do you have any social media, Seth, that people can no. follow you on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> If, if you get a hashtag, get Seth on Twitter or something, get that trending. Yeah, that's it. I'll do it. Yeah, that's Let's it. see first. Let's do it. Let's do it. If I post about getting you on Twitter and I get 100 retweets. <laughs> then I will set up a proper Twitter account. That will never so happen, will it? No. Probably not for a while. So yeah, do get in touch um, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having the discussion with us today. come at the end of this in like you know an hour and a half's time and say that was hot garbage let's just pin it <laughs> I hope not like, I mean I hope not too I got this I got this guys I got this guys just imagine the music well hello no that's no no, no. okay again I've got this I've got this, oh, I've, got this. I've got it this time I've got it this time <laughs> you go you go I believe in you well, I mean, that kind of wraps up the discussion of No Man's Sky. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do have any feedback, oh, yeah, play yeah, the game. Got, look at that. You've got it. You've, you've, you've nailed it. You nailed it. I, sh- I shouldn't have interrupted <laughs> just then. Yeah, I shouldn't have stopped you. Sorry. 